1: of the world, Steve Fingerstiles!
0: So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by PoppyApparel.com. It is uh, now after Christmas. If you are in Canada, Boxing Day is over as well, but if you want some I guess discounts on your online shopping go to com. Use promo code the podcast with a capital D. It is a women's clothing and women's apparel store. So if you're a man listening to the show, make sure you buy your woman something nice and it's free shipping worldwide. And if you want to support me directly, go to wehavemerch.com. I have the podcast mugs, women's teas, men's teas. And listen every week on obviously iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and the Pod Bros Network. I am a part of their network. Go to podbros.com, listen to my show there, listen to a bunch of other shows as well. And if you shop at Amazon, click on their Amazon banner. It takes you two seconds free of charge, helps them out, helps me out. And every Sunday afternoon, you could also listen to the show on EMZT Radio. So, this week's guest needs really no introduction, but his family name is synonymous with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and mixed martial arts. Without his family, you probably wouldn't be watching the UFC today. I am humbly honored to present and talk to Hedon Gracie.
2: Hello, Steve. How are you, brother?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you, sir, for uh, bestowing your precious time on myself today.
2: Yes, it's good to talk to you. I I, I look forward to a great conversation.
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope, because again, I I explained it off air. This is very laid back. It's not like serious, like, an MMA-oriented show. I have everything from comics to actors to musicians. It doesn't matter. It's what I really like to talk about. Is what I talk about on the show. If that makes sense.
2: I love it. It's impossible not to have a good conversation if we do that.
0: Perfect. That sounds good. Well, as the listeners know, I'm huge into MMA, and I'm a huge whole Gracie Jujitsu fan as a whole as well. But I want to start pretty much from the beginning. With yourself as growing up as a Gracie, how was like your childhood? Because obviously, I doubt it was like normal like anyone else. I'm sure you were on the mats at a very young age and doing stuff that a normal child wouldn't be doing. So, how was it just growing up as a Gracie?
2: I think um, the, the first thought that comes to mind is that I I was very fortunate to be surrounded by my heroes. Wow! Right? A lot of times, young children. Especially when they start hitting their teens, they they don't really have a draw or a connection or a, a, a respect outside of a casual, you're my uncle or you're my father, respect, or my cousin. Right. But, so it, it ends up, in many ways, you end up having kids that are 14, 15 years old that are, that are very, you know, against their parents in some ways or... Mm the elders, right? They don't want to hear from them. They think they know it all.
0: Right. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't some of that in me, right? I was
2: resistant to many things that came from my elders, but there was always an underlying respect and appreciation. And I think it stemmed from the fact that so many adults and people all around the world respected my elders, right? Especially the ones that were involved in jujitsu. And my upbringing was my mom. Right. My father, but then my father brought so much jujitsu around. So, out of ten people, nine and a half were there because of jiu-jitsu wow. that were around me when I was growing up. Whether it be extended relatives or students, the point is that I was around jujitsu all the time. And these, you know, and my father, in in many ways, you know, he was my father, but he was also my my master, right? He was the <laughs> he was giving me the tools of Jiu-Jitsu, the art of Jiu-Jitsu. Now, and he was giving it to me because his father gave it to him. right? And my grandfather also gave it to me. So it was just being passed down because it's what we do. The same way, you know, birds will pass down how to catch insects, sure. right? And they learn that. Learning Jiu-Jitsu, it, just, it was unavoidable. So, you know, always appreciation and respect for them. And because of how, you know, the high regard that I held them in, I am here right now doing what I do, which is jiu-jitsu. Right. Every day, morning and night, as a passion, as a living, as a hobby.
0: You consume it 24-7.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was literally late to call you right now because <laughs> I got in the, in, the, in the rhythm. You know, people start asking me questions and I start sharing something. And before you know, a conversation about jiu-jitsu and how people are always resisting and they're always tense. Right. It connects to a conversation about two people in a marriage, and in many ways, I feel that jujitsu is is everything, and everything is jujitsu. And because of this, I feel so equipped. I feel so much more equipped right. than the average person.
0: Okay, so at what age did you really start understanding that you weren't part of a normal family? Like, when did you know what was going on?
2: No, very young. Yeah, very young. I would. Be taking. I would go. Like my father would tell me that to come by the school because we'd have a challenge match.
3: Oh, okay. But martial right.
2: artists from a different style of martial arts would be called. Uh, would call come to the school or come somewhere to want to fight and be tested. And my father would say, "Hey, come after school. It's going to be four p.m." Okay. School ended three. I walk like fifty minutes to get there. Forty five. Wow. Wow. And uh, the
3: somebody whatever art it was would fight a student or a Gracie Mm -hmm.
2: and I'm watching this and I'm like I don't know 12 years old no younger eight years old nine years old at 12 years old okay I was already at the UFC so before the UFC right these challenge matches would happen and I was able to see you know Gracie family members fighting other martial artists and not necessarily beating them up like they would walk out of there no problem but beating them up right? right they would stretch their arms and twist them up a little bit and choke them out and slap them in the face. So they did get beat up, but it was never done from a place of, of hatred and
0: rage. Right. It was a technical, it was almost like an embarrassing act. Okay, yeah. A humbling slap. act.
2: Jiu-Jitsu lesson.
0: Yeah, exactly. Got you. Uh, what about the pressure of being a Gracie? Did that ever get to you at any point in your life?
2: Yeah, there was times where I felt like, I had to fight MMA. Oh, right. okay. Well, the idea, you know, as if MMA is the thing that most Gracies have done. Right. Or if we probably look at the, the breakdown of every Gracie that received a black belt mm. and has taught jiu-jitsu as a profession, the majority have not fought MMA. Right. Now, the majority have fought challenge matches. They have fought to defend the family name. That's different. Mm. That's somebody walking into the school. There's no money. There's no promotions. No time limits. No judges, and they're fighting because they want to defend and prove that jujitsu is effective and fight for what they believe in. Right. But fighting MMA, because I grew up so close to Hoist, mm. I was always a tra- I was always uh, it was always appealing to me the idea of fighting MMA. Right. Uh, I always wanted to, and very conflicted because. My grandfather had such a heavy influence over me, Mm. and for the last years of his life, you know, when I was, you know, the oldest, um, that I was in his presence, he would explain how you know fighting MMA is a great thing, and if I want to do that, go ahead and do that, and and do it for myself, do it for me, Mm. because I want to make good money and I want to have fun and challenge myself, right and he always made it very clear that I don't have to fight I shouldn't fight to prove the effectiveness of Jiu mm-hmm. because we're no longer fighting that fight because all the guys who you're fighting against are also doing jujitsu. gotcha and, 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 that, and I never really heard that from anybody else you mm-hmm. know what
1: I mean Right. every other person you know that was a Gracie that was around me even though they I know that they knew that
2: there was still a little like a uh, little hint go mm-hmm. out there and, and fight you know and do it Because they believe so much in me because they would see me on the mat and just see my performance and my demeanor that they want me to fight because they want to fight through me. Gotcha. It's a very common thing with parenting and elders, you know? Right, yeah. To to want someone to do something. And not from a bad place. Mm Mm-hmm. Simply from a place of, I'm at an age where I can't do things like this anymore. Right. And maybe I wish I did. Mm-hmm. And and I believe in you. And I want you to live your life to the fullest. Maybe they think that I might regret it one day, not fighting. Right. And the truth is, I might. And then I have to remind myself that, <laughs> uh, you know, although some parts of me wished I would have fought MMA. Right. I think that I have to look at the the big picture. And, and not fighting MMA. You know how much more time I did teaching and connecting with people and spreading the art of Jiu-Jitsu as a form of self-defense. Right. There's no doubt, you know. I mean, a part of me could regret getting married. Why did I get married? Why don't I just live the single life?
0: No kidding, right?
2: Personal responsibility in terms of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I could regret that one day in my life. I don't regret it right now, but I could regret it in 10, 15 years. Right. That doesn't mean that there wasn't still so many amazing things with being married
0: exactly that comes out of it for sure so what was the main actual reason why you never got into mma then
2: well it was back to the point where again it was about you fight for money fight for yourself Mm. and because most of the energy that came from people from the outside even from myself right was that i have to fight for the family name okay yeah so i have to be true with myself and say hold on what is drawing me towards it Right, because when it comes to fighting for the money, I have many friends of mine who have fought MMA, and you know they can make. How much money are you going to make? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make $800,000 for fighting MMA. Right, right. You, you do make money, but it comes at a cost. You can hurt your hand. You can break your hand. Mm-hmm. but you also make more than money. There's there. I have no doubt that those that have fought in the cage. They're making their paycheck of fifty dollars or $180,000, but right. they're also, there is something that is, right, it's intangible,
1: mm.
2: right? There is the um, the glory, yeah. which, like I said, I haven't fought MMA, so I haven't experienced it in that sense, but I've experienced it to a small degree fighting in front of 20 people at my gym, but fighting <laughs> in front of, I don't know a million people on TV or 10,000 in a stadium. Right. I have no doubt that that is, that is one high (laughs) that I have not experienced. Yep. And, and it's, it's probably, there's probably nothing like (laughs) it in the world. There's nothing like everything is its own thing, but yeah, exactly. In terms of like fighting in front of a crowd, like Brian Ortega, for example, our friend Brian Ortega. Yeah. No, I can only imagine what is going on inside of him when he fights? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Before he fights, the day before, the preparation. There, there's so much to this. He's going to fight for the biggest fight of his life right now. Yeah. Next this weekend, he's going to fight the biggest fight of his life, and he is. You know how do you feel? That's like there's not money can't buy. You can't you can't pay for that. Yeah, these of feelings of being on the cage in front of people. There's nothing like it. Speaking from someone who doesn't even know what it's like, I can tell you something like it. And that's because I've yeah. been around it. I've been around so many people who have fought and put it on the line right. and, and fought for the family name. Mm-hmm. That that I I see this and I, I see them and I see how they are as, as individuals. It's it's primal, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I and, and, the, and, and the truth is, you know, I had so much respect,
3: and I respect the I respect fighters so much mm-hmm.
2: that. I respect both fighters. I'm not a fan of the game. I don't oh. fall. I don't vote for one fighter over the other. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? I don't cheer for one over the other. Now, someone like Brian Ortega.
0: That's a different because
2: story. Because he's my brother. You know what I'm saying? Or someone that I've invested in. Right. Someone like Brendan Schaub or Ronda Rousey. These are friends of ours that have fought. So, uh, naturally, you know, I have, <laughs> I have There's a friendship on top of an appreciation.
0: Of course. That's different.
2: And and that's it. but in general, all fighters like I don't care how much they talk trash, how technical they are. Every single one of them is putting it on the line to entertain thousands of people. Mm-hmm. But yet you have thousands of people that speak negatively about them and attack them when they underperform or when right. they do something that's inappropriate or they behave un- unprofessional.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? People attack them, but you're not realizing that they're here to serve us in terms of entertainment. Thank you. So, I'm not saying you can't be disappointed in someone and say, man, you know, it's not really the ha- I'm not really happy with their behavior. But in the end, it is, they just do what they do. They're just, they're, they're, they're part of the big system, they're part of the big game of MMA. And just respect them for at least going in there and putting it on the line.
0: Yeah. So, for people listening, yeah, I'm going to pull back to Kern here. As of this recording, we're recording back at the beginning of December. So, the Ortega and Holloway fight still hasn't happened, which is actually in the city of Toronto. So, hopefully, by the time this airs, we'll have a new featherweight champ. Hopefully. We'll see. (laughs) Okay, well, you mentioned this. Uh, You you weren't in the UFC, but you participated sort of in the UFC. I don't want to really get into that, but your dad, uh, Horian, created, was co-founder of the UFC. Now, you're about the same age as I am. And when I watched the UFC for the first time, my jaw dropped. Now, as a kid, being there live and relive, reliving it, and then going back to school and everyone talking about it—that must, like, talking about highs. That must have been a high on its own.
2: Uh, yeah, being at the UFC, UFC One, UFC Two, was not as—it uh, was almost like no big deal. Oh, really? Because I had been around it as even younger. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, uh, okay.
2: Small arena, seeing people fighting. In my uncles has been very not normal. Now, when I saw my Uncle Hoyce fought a fight in UFC number four against Dan Severin, mm. that was a very difficult fight for him. Uh, now, I don't even know if difficult is the word. It just took a lot of time. Right. He was at the bottom of the fight, and it was a long fight. So when he won that fight, that was a very emotional time for me. That was like the, the one fight. He had probably had three, four, five... Seven, eight. Yeah, he had eight fights in okay. the UFC before that one. This is his like his, well, maybe like his tenth or eleventh UFC fight. Who knows? Okay, okay. And all of them before that were were nothing in terms of he, you know, emotion. And that's when my heart dropped and my jaw dropped. You know,
0: right? He won the okay.
2: fight, but it was something else. He was in the bottom, and clock was ticking, and time and time and time and getting ground up a little bit and he ends up winning the fight so it was a very special moment but you're right and going home and just living in the city where the UFC was kind of created from Torrance it started in Torrance
3: uh-huh.
2: living in that city and being in you know sixth grade fifth grade and being around these kids eighth grade who all knew who I was right uh, not so much because they knew it because their uncles knew and their brothers and <laughs> their older siblings. Because these kids that were 10, 12 years old I don't think they were as exposed to the UFC as much as I was right. For being part of the family Of course um, But yeah, it, it was great And I, I never got A fight at school right? Very, I mean, Maybe one little push and shove here But it, people gave me all the power in the world Because of what they saw on TV Which was great right? But then again, maybe I could have benefited From getting a few street fights <laughs> It could have helped me have some growth of my own Some different kinds of growth even though I don't really agree with getting in street fights unnecessarily, I do think that getting in street fights does a lot for a person. You know, it can be can teach you some good lessons and and they really help people in their journey to becoming the best version of themselves
0: well of course especially as a kid you need to get that out of your system so then you're not a, a, an idiot adult getting into street fights but that leads in perfect into my next question you ever get into like in a public situation where you re- literally need to pull out your jiu skills and like be batman and help someone like okay for example remember that video that kind of went viral of matt sarah restraining the guy on the ground in the restaurant yes. did something anything like that ever happen to you um i I have used my jiu-jitsu skills hundreds of times with oh, wow. my ver- my
2: verbal jujitsu skills. Oh, right? H- how how I communicate? I- I've had not hundreds, but hundreds of times. I've just used jujitsu in everyday life. Oh, okay, but in moments of con- potential confrontation, right? Ego, argument, people being very verbally abusive. Okay. I would say good like ten or twelve times I've used my jujitsu, oh, and it never it never went physical. Uh, I think part of the reason why is because of my height. You know, I'm a little under six four and 190 pounds, ninety three pounds. Oh yeah. So people in general they don't want to talk to somebody who's that tall. <laughs> uh, they they barely even want to ask for directions or ask what time it is. You know what I mean? Mm. Let alone have a problem with someone that height because people don't fight based off what they believe okay. people fight based on their belief as to whether or not they're going to be successful or not.
0: Right. Makes sense. Right. Yeah.
2: For well, somebody might look at me and have a problem with how I accidentally cut them off or said something that they didn't like. Right. But they look at me and they say, yeah, my odds of winning the fight are very slim. So they walk <laughs> away versus if I was five foot five, five, six, Mm. I could have been in 10 more street fights. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, never um, in any street fights. One time I, I had a, a friend of mine had a dog and we were at this park and a Rottweiler jumped on her small little dog.
3: Oh, wow. So
2: I jumped on the Rottweiler's back.
0: <laughs> okay. And I
2: wrapped it by its neck like in a rear naked choke. Gotcha. And yeah. I did a body, and I body triangled the Rottweiler, or the waist. And I, I didn't want to hurt the dog, but I had of to course. hold the Rottweiler because it was so big compared to the little dog. Yeah. That I, I knew that if it, if if I didn't hold it, it would have kept running at it. And, you know, one, two, one bite, two bites too many mm. can result in serious damage for this small little, like Maltese.
0: <laughs> of course. Wow, that's crazy. You're out here, you're, you're wrestling dogs. I was going to ask you, like, a stupid question. Do you ever wrestle a gator? But I guess a Rottweiler ranks up there, too. <laughs>
2: It is fun. And the funny part is after I held the Rottweiler is my – I've never been in a street fight before. Right. My whole body was in shock. Like I was never even anywhere near danger right? Okay. because I wrapped it by the neck. It didn't even see me. I just held it and then the owner came and pulled it away by the collar. Right. But after my body was like shaking, my whole body, my arms and my legs – and I, I wasn't, like, scared, but there was this shock running through me. Okay, yeah. Which is very interesting. I have only experienced that very few times. Um, that's the kind of thing that you experience, like, you know, when you, like, see, like, a girlfriend in high school mm. with another man, like, oh, talking in okay. a way that you don't like. And right. you see that, and, like, your whole heart and your chest, like, rah!
0: Like, it's <laughs> that, that feeling.
2: But from grappling a dog.
0: wow that's crazy okay that i guess yeah that ranks up there with stories i guess grappling okay how about this i always wanted to know this is there is it just coincidence or is there something behind almost every gracie having the initial r in their first name it's a great question uh yeah carlos gracie
2: and Ellie gracie had ideas of names that had letters that were, that were more powerful names. They okay. believed they were stronger names. Right. So Just basically any Gracie's name that's out there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: if they like that letter, like the letter K or the letter C, mm. right? Uh, as well as the letter R is the obvious one. But um, yeah, so they, those were, those were strong, powerful letters. Uh, I haven't subscribed to that too much, even okay. though I feel very powerful myself, and I love my name. Right. My daughter's name starts with the letter V, because my wife is Victoria. Okay. She And I said, yeah, we have daughters. The funny part is that I probably would have named my kids with the letter R, not because the letter is strong, but because I'm their father, and I'm an R, and it's just kind of nice. I just see beauty in having R, 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 R. But Because I have two daughters, I say, "Yeah, we should do letter V's because you're Victoria." Hey, oh, why not? Exactly. Yeah, just having fun with the name. Um, I think more important, at least for me, in terms of the 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 strength of the the letter, is just having unique names. You know, and the Gracie family is very has lots of unique names. Some could be <laughs> on the on the more you know common side, right? Many unique names, and I, I, I like that a lot. I see beauty in having a unique name. I feel like people in general don't have the confidence to name their children something that hasn't been uh, accepted in society. We default right. to safe names like Mark and Mike, because Steve, all Steve these yeah. things, everybody has used it, so it's a safe <laughs> exactly. name.
0: Exactly, I know.
2: There's a lot of work you know, to give your child a name that doesn't exist. You just create it out of thin air you put yourself in a position to be judged, right? And, and right. just very casual judging, but nonetheless, it's work. And if you're a mother and you have schools and friends and people, like, what? What's the name? What's the name? It's weird. <laughs> so as much as it's nice not to experience all those things, right? it's also nice to, to have a unique name. We're all very unique individuals. So having unique names was something that many Gracie family parents... Uh, you know, liked. And that's why the name Hidon is here.
0: There you go. Perfect explanation, my friend. So for no one who's never ever rolled or knows anything about jujitsu, why should somebody be living the life of a jiu-jitsu practitioner or rolling, whatever, anything jiu-jitsu? Why should someone look into this and do it?
2: Well, and that's the thing is that you almost don't even have to roll jujitsu okay. to live the jujitsu lifestyle. All right. Because the jiu lifestyle, you, what we need to do is we need to think about what are the things that matter to us most.
3: Mm.
2: Right? It's being healthy, for example. When, when mm. you ask people on their deathbed, what do they regret? They don't say working more, making more money. You know what I mean? Right. They say things like spending time with family. You know, taking care of my health so I can live longer and have better time with family. So let's just say health, for example, that's a very important thing. Sure working is. and making money is also a very important thing because it allows you to live and enjoy the, the, the fruits of life. So I'm not saying that we don't want to spend time working, it's important. Mm-hmm. But being able to travel and experience nice things also matter having meaningful relationships these are things that what else do we want like asking you what do you want what is the goal It's to find something that you enjoy doing make some income from it change some people's lives make the world a better place you know what i mean like have good relationships have good laughs eat good food
0: that sounds awesome
2: these are things that we want
0: exactly when when
2: you when you get on this path then you start thinking okay How do I want to live my life? I want to live my life in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. Jiu jitsu is simple. Nobody wants a complicated day. Nope. Right? I want to be truthful. I want to live my life with, I want to be on, I want to have honor. I want to be an honorable person. Jiu jitsu is the truth. Jiu jitsu makes you face moments of truth. There are many moments of truth in jiu jitsu when, when, when. Fighting against somebody and grappling, <laughs> practicing with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to be patient. I want to be efficient. I want to be practical. Right? I want to be, as like I said, simple. So um, and then you think about defending yourself, the, the idea of self-defense.
0: That's a big one. yeah.
2: Right? Self-defense. I want to walk around this planet feeling comfortable, mm. feeling safe, knowing that somebody can't harm me and my my loved ones. Like things like this, you know, you don't have to do jujitsu to think self defense. You can pick an area to live that you feel is safer, a safer neighborhood there for you your go. family and for raising a child in. Right. Right? You don't when you think self defense, you don't have to do jujitsu, but you can say, you know what? I'm not gonna drink this soda right here. Mm. This is not really helping me in the big picture of things. Right. So that's not jujitsu to drink the soda. Now, remember, forgiveness. You will make mistakes in jujitsu. So forgiving yourself is jujitsu. So if you drink the soda, mm. that's okay. Don't hold on to that and punish yourself. You know what I mean? This is a very big one for me in the, uh, in the very last couple years. You know, I have a way of being very disciplined in terms of what I eat, what my children eat. Okay. But I'm like to a point right now where there's a forgiveness and an understanding and there's a, there's a little bit of a give and take. Especially for someone like me who's so extreme, mm. you know, in terms of my kids eating something. We might not mix these two foods, for example, because of our food combination diet. Okay. But they are three and five-year-old kids and they're still hungry and <laughs> they ask for it. There is some strength in saying, you guys, you can actually have some of that. It's okay. I'm not used to that. But go ahead and have it. Yeah. And then me forgiving myself, that's me doing jujitsu. jitsu It's mm-hmm. me flowing with the situation with my children. Parenting, just parenting in general. Acceptance, being a good listener, awareness. So the, the martial arts, and when we say jujitsu, jitsu I mean the martial arts. Naturally, yeah. I believe in jujitsu more than anything. But the martial arts is like, it's the key to a better world. Sure and, and again, what people think they have to do, what people believe, what people think they have to do when it comes to the martial arts is do the martial arts five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, every morning for two hours and get their black belts. Right. But that's not necessarily true, right? The, the practice of the martial arts can be so simple. People are learning on GracieUniversity.com. Mm -hmm. from all parts of the world in cities that don't have any kind of jujitsu anywhere nearby they're online on our website and they're learning and they're practicing with two friends or by themselves they're just watching the lessons and doing the movements by themselves that's crazy and then they come visit us and they say you know what i've been watching you guys for like eight months or a year and a half right and i just want to come visit and now they're doing classes in our school but there's so much to take it's it's 10% about cross chokes and arm locks and sweeps and submissions. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. The actual fighting is a very small part of it. But yet it's the part that everybody sees. So now you have the whole world looking at that and saying, oh, I can't physically do that. But that's not true. You're right. I mean, actually, it is true. Maybe you can't physically do that to that level, which that expert is doing it in this you know, event right, where they're being paid and there's dozens of sponsors. They're professional athletes, but there's so much you can do, and, and it's, we've made it our responsibility, we've made it our mission to show people what they can do. We don't need to show them what they can do. Right. We need to expose what they can do, and that's what Grace University is all about, our, our online learning curriculum.
0: And it's, and it's awesome. You guys have everything from there, from how to teach kids how to protect themselves from bullies to women's self-defense, to even law enforcement and shit like that. And to me, I've, I've, it's, it's amazing because it's sort of like, to me, I look at it as innovation because you guys are ahead of the curve right now. Like when the internet first came out, everyone thought that that was going to be the end of society and this, this and that. And no one wanted to do anything on the internet to the point now where internet's almost taking over regular TV and everything. And that's what I, I almost see what you guys are doing. Because like you said, someone goes there and watches a video. And okay, you could only do so much in, the, in, in your own spare time at home. You need to get that physical, I guess, on to get your black belt and to move and rank up, right? Yes. So it, it, it's a foot in the door. And why not give, like you said, a possibility to someone who's never even heard of it, seen it, or has a school anywhere close to them, right?
2: Yes. And the funny part is and you have people who have schools next to them. Right, but the schools that they have next to them don't offer the same level of detail. Oh, don't 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 help build them from the ground up. They kind of throw them in a little bit on the deep end, a little too advanced, a little too soon. So, they, or or don't give them enough content, right? Or don't speak survival or defense enough, and they're they're too offensive, less defense. Mm. So now they have a school in their town, but yeah. they're using jujitsu when they go home. They have two. They have two instructors. Exactly. They don't enter from across the country. (laughs) And they have their instructor in their town.
0: It's so true. Okay. Okay. You brought up that you could practice on your own and go through the movements and everything. But, okay, in all honesty, if you live, say, I don't know, uh, I'm just throwing uh, somewhere in northern Alaska, right? And you happen to have internet and you stumble across, across it and there's no one else in your town but you, or you're a loser, you have no friends, whatever reason. How do you move up and get better at jujitsu if you're not actually doing it with someone? Or is well, it impossible? Oh, oh hold on. There's, there's a, there is a mass you can do by yourself. Obviously, okay, perfect. You can be exactly. very intelligent and
2: you can understand these principles of jiu-jitsu. Right. But understanding them is one thing. Applying them is another thing. You have to okay. be put under the, under the pressure to some a safe amount of pressure to actually feel what it is that you're talking about. You can't just talk talk. You need to get out there and do it. Thank you. Yeah, You don't need 19 training partners or 47 training partners or three black belts. You can do it with one person. It can what? be a cousin, a friend, a son. You know what I'm saying? Your wife. Any one person. As long as both of you are working together and not against each other but you right. actually want to work together to really go somewhere, mm-hmm. if you have another body, you can do a lot. Now, is it better to have a partner that has some experience or is a blue belt already or a brown belt? Yes. But if both of you know nothing, mm-hmm. there's also a limit to how far you can go. Oh. Right? And if somebody – now, if both of you know nothing, but both of you train mm-hmm. 15, 20 years, right. a group of three or four people, okay. and you make trips to go to seminars, and you go to schools that are like two-hour drive away, you go once a month. You got to put in the work. You can become very proficient. Right. Somebody can train 10, 12, 14 years online 95% of the time and be very good.
0: Mm.
2: Point where if they've mixed themselves up in a, in a school, people wouldn't be able to say, oh, yeah, you've been training online. You can't point that out. Right, right. It's, now, in the beginning, obviously, it's going to be rough, some rough points, but that's expected because it's a new thing. You don't have the luxury of an instructor that's pointing out your mistakes all the time, right? But there's no doubt uh, we have some friends of ours that have done only online and like very little coming to our school. Mm-hmm. Online meaning practice with friends and using the online watching the techniques and then practicing with friends right. on the spot. And and these guys like there's a good handful, like a good six or seven guys, like only online that okay. have blown my mind. Really? Wow. Yes
0: that's amazing so there you go the power people go check it out that's plug at gracieuniversity.com i believe is that right yep. there you go yep. check it out today wherever you are in the world anywhere you have an internet connection make sure to check that out okay how about this have you ever rolled because everyone knows i'm lighthearted and i like to find the the funny things in life but have you ever rolled with someone that stinks so much that you had to stop and like be like okay buddy you got to go take a shower or something or put on some underarm deodorant i i, I can't do this anymore
2: it's interesting um no really? because i've been around jujitsu so long forever right when it comes to i've smelled everything
0: <laughs> okay
2: so, and it, it's the point where if, if there's an actual bad smell yeah i'm so into the role i notice it i'm like wow it's a strong smell okay <laughs> Okay. But yeah. I'm still, it's never so bad that I can't keep rolling. Ah, uh, gotcha. I, I keep rolling, and then after I might say, "Hey, just so you know, mm. you know, the rash guard that you're wearing, the shirt you're wearing under your uniform, right? I think it might be a little old, and you should consider throwing it away because sometimes you just can't wash it well enough." But oh yeah, uh, I, I'm not very sensitive like that. Although I have people who have said that, it's not really my thing.
0: Okay, well, so what is your biggest pet peeve then when rolling? Like something that someone does, or just something in general?
2: Well, because I'm an instructor, I understand everything people are doing, and oh. I, I look to understand before I make it my pet peeve. Right. I say, yeah, it makes sense why they're doing that. So people constantly say things on the mat. Let's just say, for example, that you can. I can think to myself, why on earth would you say that? Right. But then I think, oh, you know what? They don't know. They don't have. A lifetime of jujitsu like me, mm. and you know they have a lot happening in their little world in their worlds and their their little heads there's a lot happening in there right and I'm trying to understand it too deep, but I trust that that was just a momentarily thing, and they just made a little mistake, and now we're moving on um, there you go so I, I wouldn't say really any pet peeves um, I would say if I had a pet peeve it would be it would be me watching black belts mm-hmm. or brown belts anybody's very experienced okay. Um. Try the same move seven, eight, ten times.
0: Wow. Okay. Gotcha.
2: And it's and then you know they really so badly want to escape from underneath an inferior position that they just keep doing the same thing over and over. Right. And I'm just holding and they're going nowhere. And it's a pet peeve because it just it almost makes me sad. Mm. It makes me sad for jujitsu. You know what I mean? That these these guys have been training for 14 years, but they, they've missed the mark, you know? Right. It, it, the message didn't land for them. The message of when someone's controlling you, you don't have to fight to escape for four and a half minutes. Yep. You can lie there and defend. And when the person attacks and they give you a window, then you escape. And this is what the art of jiu-jitsu is. But some people, it's very surprising how far... How far they are from understanding that, but yet they're wearing a belt that people perceive as mastery. If you're a black belt, right. you master the art to some degree.
0: Well, you know what I look at that too sometimes? It's like the people who are running countries. They're not the brightest, but they got there somehow too, right? So <laughs> Yes. You're right. <laughs> there you go. It's just life. Like I just learned to accept that some humans get by on luck alone sometimes. And yeah, you gotta have some skill, obviously. You can't fake it till you make it all the way, but I don't know, some people have better luck than others.
2: Yeah, but this is an actual art. Do you understand? There's actually like a library of information. Right. And this is something that's been around forever, forever. There's a way of doing it. And the the key principle, key principles like uh, efficiency, Mm. patience, and timing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, well, hold on. You're not displaying any level of efficiency. No patience, no timing. (laughs) You know, like what happened? Like, who, how'd you get here? Who are you? Somebody promoted that person. Wow. Somebody gave them a black belt.
0: Yeah. That okay. How about this? Dead or alive? Who would you want to teach jujitsu to, or have the honor of rolling with that you've never rolled before?
2: Uh, you know, uh, teach jujitsu. You know, I enjoy teaching people jujitsu. Who have lost it, people who are really struggling, having a very hard time, people whose lives are upside down, Oh, right? People, like sometimes, like whether it's a celebrity, or even not a celebrity, but those are the ones that we kind of hear about, but even right. just a, an everyday person,
3: mm-hmm.
2: be a friend of mine's cousin, who literally has given up on life, mm. and has turned to drugs, or domestic violence, it's almost like I want to connect with that person because I, I want to see what jujitsu can do. You, you know go. what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
2: So when I see like a, a celebrity that is completely lost it mm. right? and they're, you know, whether it's, it's beating somebody up or extreme drug abuse or constant DUIs, right. a part of me is like, not only do I think we should do jujitsu, but you need to immerse yourself and even hang out with us a little bit <laughs> because... There are people who have so much money and so much fame right or respect even if you're not a celebrity you're just a business owner and you own you know 77 gas stations yeah you're, you you have so much money but yet you don't have connection you, you don't have truth in your life right you don't love right you, everybody around you is trying to take something from you Right and and wants to use you for what you have, which is your money, in in many cases. And someone like that doing jujitsu, in terms of how it can empower them, and and teach them to learn to how to navigate these different people that are trying to leech on them for money or so on.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. And I'm going to still charge that person for a class. They're going to still pay for classes. Yeah. I'm not going to... It's not in my nature, nor do I need to. I'm fortunate enough not to need to ask somebody who's a multimillionaire mm-hmm. for, for money. But yet, there are people that might be friends of best persons and, you know, relatives that are constantly asking for things. Mm. Really be hard on somebody, you know? Of course. No doubt. Okay. As many other things that can be, make it hard on them. The point is that jiu is medicine. And... I love that. Every single day, we walk by people. We rub shoulders with people every single day who are going through hell. Mm. And we don't even know it because we don't even tap in and ask them, how, what do you, how are you? We ask, how are you? It's a surface level, how are you?
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we
2: don't, don't want to know how are you and then start telling us about how they just had a two and a half hour long argument with their wife <laughs> or her husband yep. and what it was about and what the wife did. We don't want that. How are you? Nope. And I'm not saying that we should always ask that one either. The point is that we need to ask it sometimes, especially to the people that we hold dear to us. Yeah. We need to tune in with them. And that goes a long way, right? Of course it does. Uh, and I have a few people who do that with me. I don't have that. I don't have 19 people. I have three people, four mm. people that are like, what's up? How are you? Right. And they can really tune in and I, I can be open and express whatever. But some people don't even have anybody. They barely have one person for that. And if that Uh, one person is part of the the tension, the trauma, the argument, that makes life very difficult for them. They have nobody else. We need to have backup.
0: Of course. We always need to back it up for sure. Wise words, my friend. Wise words. Okay, a couple more questions. Then I'll get you to play the dumb laws game. And then I know you're a busy man. You got to go on with your life. But favorite fight movie of all time?
2: Uh, matrix
0: really i thought you were gonna go like something kickbox or blood sport
2: no i like the matrix i mean you know what it is i like one scene in the movie
0: okay which one i
2: like in each movie like different movies right. i'm like oh my there's a scene like in the matrix obviously it's the moment where it clicks oh okay you know, like, because that happens in jujitsu. That happened to me in jujitsu. There was wow. a moment. My arms having the chills right now. <laughs> That's awesome. There was
1: a moment where I'm like, boom! And I never went back. Wow.
2: My mind blew and I never went backwards. I only started skyrocketing when I understood something in jiu-jitsu.
0: Right.
2: And then I watched a movie like 300. Okay, yeah. Where, where, where before Leonidas kicks the messenger into the hole. Yeah, yeah. He looks at his wife and she nods. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I love that. I, I, have so, <laughs> I, I look up to my wife so much. I respect her so much. All I'm right. so grateful for her in my life mm-hmm. that when I saw that, when he basically, he checked in with her, that was a huge decision to make. Right. Because that brought them to war. Mm-hmm. And he looked at her and she gave the green light. I was like, oh, it was like it was so powerful. And a lot of times this day and age, the woman's approval, you know, but not even this day and age, but maybe like 20 years ago, 50 years ago. It wasn't quite so necessary. Yeah. Uh, And then I look at a movie like uh, The Last Samurai. This is the last one. Mm -hmm. The Last Samurai. Yeah. When the guys invaded, when the samurais were all kind of like relaxing and enjoying a night. Okay. And the assassins came in at night and they invaded. Mm-hmm. And was a huge fight scene when the samurais killed off all the assassins. And there was like a moment at the end where they killed the last guy. One of the samurais was like, rah! <laughs> he, they, they, it was like a chant. Yeah. I'm going to look it up tonight. And then once one guy did it, all the other guys did it. And they're like... All the other samurai at the same time were like,
3: yeah. And it was like a
2: confirmation that they had completely neutralized the threat. And they were like spreading that message throughout all of them. And that was like, when I saw that that part of that movie, like that was the whole movie for me. That killed me. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Like the the immediate, like, don't what happened on my side. Right. Then everyone's like, Agreed, done. And it was like and I wanna Google that right. I'm gonna YouTube that right now when we get off this computer. Right, yeah, yeah. going to capture that scene right there and put that on my Twitter. There
0: There's you some- go, perfect. I'm glad I inspired you to look that up. <laughs> so favorite movie,
2: those are some of the favorite. but the thing is it's all fighting movies. Every single one of them right. comes from someone, from some fighter, some martial artist, some writer, producer, director. There's somebody who is who loves the martial arts? Who has a martial arts yeah, connection. Of course. So there's something from every single movie. It's like MMA fights.
0: Mm.
2: What's your favorite MMA fight?
0: That's so hard.
2: But my point is every single one. There is a, there's gold nuggets in every single one. Mm-hmm. And and I don't want to. I I can't say oh this movie is the best ever. I can say this one is the most entertaining and the most fun. Great, that's a very fun one. Right. You know what I'm saying? John Wick.
0: Yeah, I love that.
2: that John Wick, it's very fun. Yep. I, I love John Wick. Keanu yep. Reeves does jujitsu. It's a great thing. It's all family. So uh, it's a great, fun movie. But you can't compare John Wick and Last Samurai or Gladiator.
0: Of course, yeah. It's on different levels. No, gotcha. Okay, how about this? I don't know if you're going to even be able to answer this question, though. If there's no jujitsu in the world, what would you be doing in life?
2: Well, that is a great question. Oh, shoot. I uh, <laughs> There's no way to answer that because all of my thoughts right now, everything that I think I would want to do comes from a mind of jujitsu, of course. So I can't even answer that question, except for to know that. um, I imagine because if there's no jujitsu in my life, it means that I didn't grow up around jujitsu, correct?
0: Of course, yeah, definitely. So just, yeah, let's, say, let's say your dad was, uh not there's anything wrong with it. Say your dad was a construction worker or something. Like, you know Bro, what I
2: mean? I have no idea. <laughs> Next question,
0: done. <laughs> hey, you know what? It Like you said, it's your mentality. You grew up, it's like breathing for you, right?
2: Oh, I know, yes.
0: Then, you know what? Let's head into the dumb laws game. Let's see if you could, uh, okay. I have usually, I have three categories or three different questions. So let's see how good you do. So you could go two for three, O for three, one for three. We'll see. No pressure, not too many people pass these because these laws are so stupid sometimes that, again, you'll see. I'll I'll let the game explain itself, You'll, you'll listen. All right. so one of these three is a correct dumb law. These are all American, by the way. So, in the state of Illinois, it is illegal to give a dog whiskey to drink. In the state of New York, it is illegal to deliver milk on a Sunday. In the state of Michigan, it is illegal to shovel your snow in your underwear. Which so these
2: one These are all These are all one is fake,
0: you say. No, one is a real dumb law. Which one is actually still real?
2: So one of those is real, two are fake. Yes. The dog whiskey is real.
0: You got it, my friend. That is a real law. You cannot give your dog whiskey in the state of Illinois. You will be charged. So but you
2: can in California.
0: But you can in California or any other state. <laughs> In the state of Alabama, it is illegal to stage bear wrestling matches. In the state of Mississippi, it is illegal for two people to bathe at the same time. In the state of South Carolina, it is illegal to gamble for one's property or possessions. See. No, it was Alabama. You cannot put on a bear wrestling match, so you can't promote that in the state of Alabama.
2: I mean, who would ever want to do that?
0: I guess. I'm sure but someone did it. In other states, you can? I guess so, because it's not written, written in law. So you could pit two dogs. Well, maybe not, because you can't really do two dogs. So I don't know. That one's kind of sketchy. Okay, last one.
2: I, I didn't even lose that one.
0: Yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah, exactly. You're still yeah. one 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 to oh. know. In the state of New Mexico, it is illegal to work more than 10 consecutive hours. In the state of Utah. It is illegal to speak about sexual activities in a group setting in the state of California. It is illegal for a woman to drive in a house in a house coat. Bees. Utah with the illegal sex talking. No, my friend. It's your state, California. It is illegal for a woman to drive in her house coat, believe it or not.
2: What's a house coat?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is it like a
0: robe? That's what I'm thinking, probably. Like, some kind of robe or like, I don't know about you, but my, like my background is Portuguese, so my parents are from Portugal, and my mom used to walk around in like those long, old school garments. Like, those uh, like I don't, I don't even know what to call them. I used to call them like the old people dresses or something. I don't know. Maybe it's that. I have no idea, to tell you the truth. No, I, I got something to Google after this. It's
2: a fun game.
0: Perfect. All right. How about this? When it's all said and done, what do you want people to remember most about the Gracie legacy?
2: Um, When it's all said and done, when you think about the Gracie family and the Gracie name, uh, think about a family that dedicated their lives to empowering the weak. And everybody is the weak against somebody we will all face. A moment it could be a physical altercation or it can be a challenging moment just in life with, at a workplace, school. So everybody is everybody will feel inferior inferior at what time at one time or another and preparing for that is is our goal as well as it is you know many people's goals is to help people be more prepared
0: mm. for the, the challenges that life will throw your way. That that's awesome. You, I cannot say anything else. We'll end it on that. You've bestowed so much knowledge today. Again, I am humbly gracious for you to come aboard. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? What do you want to promote? Anything to plug? The floor is yours, my friend.
2: like you say gracieuniversity.com is is where it's at. Go watch some videos, and you can always like watch you know Gracie Breakdown YouTube channel. And you can always look at the Gracie, Univ- uh, Gracie University here in Torrance in Los Angeles, California. You can look at our school website, gracieuniversity.com, just to see our facility. And then little social media stuff, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's just my full name, Hidon Gracie. You can Perfect. always talk to me there and ask questions. But it, once you find one, you can find everything and connect in many different ways.
0: Perfect. As for me, you can find me... Finga Styles on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast DAP is the podcast handle on Twitter. You could email me questions, suggestions, comments, or if you need to see anything or get a hold of anything or a former guest or anything or any information about who's been on in the past, feel free to email us at the podcast. It is thepodcastdap at gmail.com. Listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, every Sunday, EMZT Radio, And also go to podbros.com. I'm a part of their network. You could listen to the show there along with a bunch of other shows. And if you shop at Amazon, click on their Amazon banner. It takes two seconds, helps me out free of charge, helps them out, keeps us all employed. And if you want to support me directly, go to wehavemerch.com. I have black and white mugs, black and white women's tees, black and white men's tees. And obviously, if you are a woman listening to the show or you want to buy something nice for a woman friend of yours or a spouse or anything in your family that is woman-related, go to poppyapparel.com. I could help you out today. If you enter the promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D, you'll get 10% off free shipping worldwide. And we have merch.com also ships worldwide, if I didn't mention that. Oh, make sure to tune in next week as I reveal the most anticipated nominations of the year. It is the second annual DP Awards, which takes place in three weeks and also in two weeks. Obviously, I've been talking about this, the 100th episode. Make sure to tune in. I am very proud to have gone. Well, it's not here yet, but we'll see what happens. You never know. The world could end tomorrow, but whatever. The 100th episode. I am proud that I've never missed one episode for 100 straight weeks. It's a milestone. Tune in. On that note, again, thank you. He is here on, I am Steve, this is the podcast, peace.